Anyways, I wanted to give you this one little thing. I kind of hate to do this, man. But I'm just going to tell it to you anyway. Because I get so... T- Sometimes I just hate to tell my flaws. Okay? But this is... I'm talking about another flaw that I have discovered in me. You know, Mama has revealed this flaw to me. <laughs> so I'm going to do this. Remember last week I talked to you about there's in the New Testament there's like four realms of the kingdom of heaven revealed. There's the realm of preparation, there's the realm of manifestation, there's a realm of impartation, and there's a realm of demonstration. I love the realm of manifestation because that's the Lord. That's the ultimate realm of the kingdom of God is the Lord himself, the manifestation of the kingdom on earth. I love the realm of impartation. Don't you love when the Lord downloads uh, Ryan? Where's Ryan at? Is Ryan here? He, but he got the impartation a prophetic download, and he also got to do the demonstration part when he was there. I love that part, but this preparation thing is can be kind of frustrating. And if you remember last week, I told you some things that I feel like God does in most people's lives to help prepare them not to receive the kingdom of heaven because you have received the kingdom of heaven already when you were born again. See, you have this in you. It's to allow the manifestation, to allow the demonstration, to allow the impartation of the kingdom to come forth in your life. That's what this preparation thing is all about, is to allow what you have in you to come out of you. And so I told you two of them. One of them was a story out of John the Baptist's life when he was in prison at the end of his life and he sent word to Jesus, are you the king the king, or should we look for another? And Jesus said, go tell John the, the blinder, blind eyes are being opened, there's healings, the gospel is being preached, and blessed are those who are not offended in me. And the whole point was, was John was going to the person who claimed to be anointed to let to set captives free, and John wasn't getting set free. And so there's going to be times in our life when we're going to have that issue, when our prayers are not being answered. God is not doing His job assignment for us, Right? You're gonna, we're all going to go through those times, and the time, that's when you have to get to this thing. Don't be offended in the Lord. You know, blessed are those. In other words, if you can go through those moments and not carry offense in your heart towards the Lord, then there's a blessing coming your way. That's what he said. And I believe that's a real blessing, but that's a real, that's a real place. The other one that I shared about is is the Lord is staying poor in spirit, which being poor in spirit is is having an ongoing consciousness in yourself of your need of the Lord, that God clothes Himself in weakness, and that we will always be, we will always carry the treasure in an earthen vessel, and the earthen vessel from cradle to grave has weaknesses. We'll never come to a place where we're, we're powerful. Jesus sent the Twelve and the seventy out, okay, and sent them out with power and authority over demons and sicknesses and diseases. But he did he one thing he took away from them. He took away their ability to take care of themselves. They did not. He said, "Don't take anything with you. No food. No water. No money. No extra change of clothes." And he did that to reveal to them, um, "You'll never come to a place in your life where there's not going to be some need." God so designed it. Now, he, I wanted to make the point. He didn't design 
that as for, the, for eternity, all mission trips, no food, no water, no money. You know, that wasn't his point. He was trying to bring something spiritual. He was trying to bring to them a, a, that there's always going to be need in your life, no matter who you are. And that's hard, right? Weakness is hard. Weakness and frailty is hard for us to embrace. But if we can embrace it in the Lord and realize that we carry something much greater... Even though we may be frail in our natural selves, we carry power in us. And that's how that power gets released. That's what Jesus told Paul. In weakness, my power is perfected. So if you're weak today in your body or you have some air in your life that's plaguing you, you have the potential for the power of God to really be released through you. And I think if you can embrace that. Well, this other one I wanted to read. Woo, thank you, Lord. This is perfect. I gave Denise one scripture, Acts 1, 1 through 8. I wanted to read this to you and just tell you this little story out of it that's really helped me. Are you good? All right. The former account I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began to do and teach. That was the book of Luke, just in case you didn't know that. Okay? Until the days in which he was taken up, after, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostle, apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he had also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them 40 days. Everybody say 40 days. And speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So for 40 days after Jesus was resurrected, he revealed himself and he talked to his disciples about the things concerning to the kingdom of God. Now 40 days here is really important. Okay. Now I've wondered about why did the Lord... Uh, what was he trying to do? Because he had spent three years with them, talking to them about the kingdom of God. He had spent three years demonstrating the kingdom, trying to reveal what the kingdom was like, preaching the kingdom. And now he spends 40 more days. Have you ever thought about that? Why 40 days? Well, I think it has something to do with this. The Bible tells us in First John that as he is, so are we in this world as He is right now. In other words, Jesus was trying to get the... He was, I believe, He was trying to give those guys an opportunity to know Him as He is. In other words, to show them this is what the glorified Christ is like. Because you've known Me pre-cross for three years. Now I want to show you who I am after the cross, after the resurrection, because that... Is who you're supposed to become. That's who you're being transformed into. You get that? In other words, we're not being transformed into the Jesus that walked on the earth for three years as a man, you know, clothed as, as God clothed a man. We're we're being transformed into the Christ who went through the cross and and had flesh and blood still. I know this is a stretch for people, but the Bible says, as he is. So are we in this world. And I believe he wanted his apostles, his disciples that knew him, now you need to begin to know me this way because this is the way you're going to become. I'm not asking you to become the way I was. I'm asking you to become the way I am. And so that's a higher higher thing, right? For, for us it's a higher thing, but I believe that's what he was doing. And being assembled, blah, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> Okay, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Everybody said the promise of the Father. Father. Many promises in the Bible, 7,200 and something according to Chuck Swindoll. Only one the promise. 
the promise. There's only one the promise. Many promises, one the promise. The Holy Spirit. That's how you see how Jesus thinks about the Holy Spirit. He's the promise. That's why we should highly value the Holy Spirit. Let me just say this. The Holy Spirit is the most important person on the earth. Period. Because Christ is in heaven. The Father is in heaven. The Holy Spirit is here. He's the most important person on the earth. And we need to treat Him like He's the most important person on the earth because He is. That went over good. (laughs) Anyways, which He said, You have heard from Me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Awesome. Therefore, when they come together, they ask Him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? So that's a question, okay? And here's, here's what I want to tell you. There's something about the Lord that He is not going to tell you some stuff, okay? There's something about God that God wants to create a certain amount of mystery and uncertainty in our lives. Now, I think this is key for us to get this. Because if you don't get it, I'm preaching to myself, I need to put a mirror in front of me. If you don't get this, you are going to stay frustrated constantly. Because God is going not to give you all the information that you want about your life, about your future. Okay? I know this is going over really great, but it's really the truth. God is a God of uncertainty in terms of He doesn't reveal everything that we want to know. In fact, I one time a few years ago, a couple of years ago, I was having this wonderful moment and I read those verses and then I immediately jumped to the next thing because I was asking the Lord about, you know, what was going on in the world and what was happening. And, and then the Lord just said, that's not for you to know, Byron. That is, you, that is not your realm to delve into. Okay? And so I thought, okay, well, that's really great. You know, it's not, I don't need to worry about the future. I don't need to have some prophetic view of the future. Um, here's what I need to do. It's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in His own heart, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to... Into the earth. Amen. So I really went from, I went from question to saying, well, this is what God has for me. He's got power for me because He don't have answers for me, so He must have power for me. Okay? Right? That's the logical conclusion to that. But the problem is there is a space between the unanswered question in the day of power, I thought the next morning I was going to wake up and it would be the day of power in my life. I just woke up with another question and with another no answer and still no power. Now think about it. Here's Jesus. He, it goes on, I don't, I don't put all that. He left them. He went up to heaven and left those poor guys standing there 
See, we know the answer to this thing. We know what it looked like. But they had no clue what was going to happen in front of them. The Holy Spirit's going to fall. Oh, the Lord's going to move. And then he leaves. And so they're sitting there. Think about it. There was ten more days before the Holy Spirit fell. And so they got to spend ten days with each other. With no answers to their questions and they and no power. Right? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, if I was putting myself in their shoe, I would be thinking, Lord, you know, you just are really unpredictable. I mean, every time we turn around, you're doing something nobody expected. You know, we're moving along pretty good. We're healing people. We're people, you know, mighty things are happening. Next thing we know, you're getting arrested and you let them do it. Next thing we know, you're dead. And we're like, he's dead. It's over. We're scared. And they're going to get us next. Next thing we know, you're back alive. But we're still scared. Because now we're not only scared of them getting us, we're scared because you came back from the dead and showed yourself to us. We're not really getting this stuff, Lord. Now you talk to us for 40 days and now you take off. And then you send this angel to say, why are you looking up into heaven? Why, you know, why are you doing that? Well, we're doing it because we don't know what else to do. He just said, wait. And we're sitting here looking at him. He takes off and says he's going to come back one day. It doesn't sound like your Christian life sometimes. Like, man, you know, Lord, I, I'm telling you, you've got to do something different with me. I mean, that's putting yourself, you can put yourself into this. God speaks to you, nothing. I mean, nothing. Nothing happens. And you're sitting around like, after a while of that happening a few times in your life, you start getting a little edgy with the Lord. Like, you know, I don't really know what to think no more. Yeah, that's the problem. The ten days in the Bible, you know, there's a verse that says a day seems like a thousand years. <laughs> ten days is ten thousand years. I mean, sometimes we have went ten thousand years in our heart waiting on something awesome to happen. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, you believe you're going to do something and it's ten thousand days before you can do it. You know? You know what I'm saying? And so God wants us to be able to live with that kind of uncertainty in our life. I guess that's what I'm here to tell you this morning, that we need to be real, to get real with the Lord here, is He created this life where He holds back information from us on purpose. And I'm telling you, even the most prophetic people they are, I don't care who they are, he holds back information from them. They get little pictures, little things here, little things, but they don't know. They don't know. They don't. People don't know what God's really going to do. People, prophets who prophesy moves of God, are, have actually missed moves of God because it didn't look like what their brains created 
when this move came. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't know everything. So if anybody comes and tells you and acts like they know all this stuff, don't believe them because they're lying. They don't really know. You know, they know bits and pieces. And so God wants us to be able to learn how to live with uncertainty. That's what the problem is. Okay? Is living in a, living a life where there's a certain level of uncertainty that you've got to be able to live with. These guys live with uncertainty. Okay? The whole time they were with Jesus, Jesus was never predictable. He never healed one person the same. Okay? He never did anything the same. He, he can't be formulated. Okay? He can't be formulated. And we want a formula. We want to be able to know this is how everything's going to work. And that's not how it's going to be. Not biblically. It may be in the American church, and that's why we may be having some of our problems that we're having. Are y'all enjoying this message? <laughs> so I wanted to say this, too. And I'm telling you, I 100% am a, am a uh, Great Commission guy. Okay? I really am. But don't you think it's kind of ironic that all the Gospels end with the Great Commission, go into all the world, go, G-O. And the book, the one book in the whole New Testament that's about doing stuff starts with wait. <laughs> Have you ever thought about that? I mean, the book of Acts, action, don't do a thing. I, t- I know I told you yesterday to go, but wait. You get what I'm saying? I mean, have you ever thought about that? God says one thing one day, but then He says, no, wait a minute. Just wait. And see, we, that's, that's the way God is. That's the way He operates. That's the way He thinks. And so what do you do when He says wait? I mean, I know nobody's going to say amen to this and stand up and shout, but when things are uncertain, one of the best things you can do is Wait. It really is. When you don't know what to do, the best thing, the most wise thing you can do, the most biblical thing you can do is wait. Like, there's no amen to that. We would like to say, un- I would like to un-amen that one. Like, no. Let's just do something, even if it's wrong. But I've already done that one time too many. Right? How many people have done something even if it's wrong? Good Lord, I tell you what, it costs you to do that. <laughs> Uh, but there, so there's times to wait and there's times to go. The wisdom is this, is knowing when to wait and knowing when to go. If you can wait when he's saying wait, your, your life will be prosperous and, and a little easier. But if, if he's saying, yeah, a little, that's right. Little, go, if, if you're trying to go when he's saying wait, you're out of tune with the Father's heart. Okay? And see, that's what he wants. He wants us to get in tune and rhythm with him. You know, and I think that's the thing. The thing that has been perplexing to me in my spiritual life is this, is, you know, the spirit of wisdom and revelation or spirit of wisdom and understanding that the Lord has been downloading to people a lot in, in the past few years. And, but the problem is the more this spirit of wisdom and revelation begins to work in my life, the less I seem to... To know. That's the, the, the perplexion. The, the more that comes, the less I seem to understand about, about my Christian life and about God and about how God works and about what God's going to do. That's just a sort of just paradox.
I think the more you go with God, the more revelation He gives you, the more understanding you get, the less you really do truly know. I know that doesn't make no sense, but that's a good sign to me when I hear a person having, instead of a person knowing everything and having everything, there's just unspoken pressure for us to look good, to sound good, to have it all together, have all the answers, and we're moving in God, and we're going to do this and this and this. Right? And so we put all this pressure on ourselves to perform and do. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You've got to get with the program. You're, you're a Christian. You're a believer. Your family's depending on you. You've got people who've bought into your vision. They're depending on you. And so you've got all this pressure to perform, to make choices and decisions. And you don't have a clue what to do if you would just want to get really honest about it. I don't know what to do. You know, we talk about Jesus only did what the saw the Father doing. The Father's like, well, I'm not doing nothing. I'm not telling nothing. Well, I don't know what to do then. You know, it may not be a bad place to say, I don't know what to do. It may not be bad to say, I really don't know what to do. Well, it don't feel good to say that. It don't feel good as a parent to be able to say that when your kids are in trouble. I don't know what to do. You don't feel good, you know, to be in a business and your business is struggling to say, I don't know what to do. You know, it don't feel good to be a pastor, to be in, trying to lead a church and say, I don't know what to do. None of that feels good. You know, our flesh hates it. And I tell you, you know, we have to somehow come to terms with it. And I think, we either come to terms where we just jump out and start doing things and using worldly principles or some principle that we, some formula, or we really jump deeper into God and be willing to embrace un uncertainty and really be able to embrace God in uncertainty and knowing that we can trust Him. And that's really our two answers at the end of the day. That's our two answers. And so what happened to me recently is, well, I've been struggling with this for a while, really, in my life. Just struggling, like, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't know how to lead this church. I don't know what to do. You've got to talk to me. You've got to tell me. In silence, nothing, nothing, zero. And so your mind tells you, well, you're not, you're not up to the, you know, you talk, all this stuff you go through, you say, well, I just can't do it then. I'm, I'm not, I'm disqualified. God has moved on, you know, something's wrong you know, you start looking at yourself, you know. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, I know as a parent you felt that way. Like, what kind of a parent am I? How have I failed? Or I failed my wife. I failed my children. I failed, you know, you just suffer with all this in your heart. I hope somebody in this room is hearing what I'm saying because I want you to get free this morning because I had to get free because here was my freedom. My freedom was either to keep going and not knowing or quit going. And I said that. i got to find out. i got to either keep going and not know or quit going. Because it doesn't seem like I can get God to really tell me anything. And so, you know, i got different people to pray for me and comfort me. You know, here's... Here's the truth, man. Oh, no, Byron, you're doing really good, man. You're a good leader. Hey, people tell me that. I really appreciate them telling me that. But you know what? When I walked away, you know what I said to myself? No, you're not. You're not good. 
You're not doing anything. You don't know what to do. You're disqualified. You're a failure. That's what I walked away with. So I said, Lord, you got to help me. i got to hear something. Maybe not what to do, but you got to tell me something for me. For me. I need you to tell me something. And that's when he started speaking to me. Remember that time? That morning when you read, it's not for you to know. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I do kind of remember that. Well, that's my answer. (laughs) It's just not for you to know. That's my answer, Lord? Well, what about the power deal? It's just not for you to know, Byron. You just need to learn how to live with that. You need to learn how to live with that. It's just not for you to know. I thought, well, how can that be right, Lord? I mean, that's just dumb. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. How can that be right? I know it's in the Bible, but come on. Can we do a little better than that, Lord, please? (laughs) Seriously, this is a bad conversation. So I'll ask people to pray for me. And I'm, you know, Lord, have mercy asking people to pray for you and exposing your your crazy thoughts to them. Like, uh, Byron, what do you want us to pray for this week? All right, well, let's pray for the mission trip. Uh, let's pray for this family. Let's pray for that. And, you know, I'm really having a little bit of a struggle here. You know? <laughs> Having a little bit of a struggle. I'll tell you a little bit about my, just a teeny bit. I'm not going to tell you all of it because you'd hate me if I told you all of it. This is the people who pray, Sue. So I told them about my little, some of my issues. And Sue sent me this thing. Oh, Byron, I just read this yesterday. It comes from my utmost for his highest, Oswald Chambers. Anybody ever read Oswald Chambers? Most people have. I've did it for years, and I can even remember some of them. I haven't done it in a few years, but I never remember this one. I just want to read you a couple little things out of it that really helped me. This is what Oswald said, and I'll stop at that. It says, Our natural inclination is to be so precise, trying always to forecast accurately what will happen next. Oh, God, when I read that, I thought, I'm doomed. I'm doomed. That's my natural man. I'm, I want to forecast everything accurately. I want to know step by step, Lord. There I read the rest. That we look upon uncertainty as a bad thing. We think that we must reach some predetermined goal is what we think but that is not the nature of the spiritual life oh when i i read that i was a whipped dog at that moment i was crawling you know i wanted to crawl under to the piano and start repenting because i realized i've been crying out to the lord for my natural human life my flesh to satisfy that instead of living a spiritual life. It is powerful. I think it's October, no, April 23rd or 24th is the date. The nature of the spiritual life is that, listen to this, we are certain in our uncertainty. 
we are certain in our uncertainty. Well, that doesn't make no sense. Consequently, we do not put down roots. Now, here's the roots. The roots are we're stuck in our ways. It has to be this way or no way. So we stick roots down. This is the way God's going to do it. This is the way God's always did it. This is what the Bible says He's going to do. And we're going to do it this way. So we're digging in. And the Lord's saying, well, dig on in then. But I ain't doing it that way. I can do what I want to do. You think the Bible says that. How come the Bible said go and then it said stop? Certainty is the mark of the common sense life. Certainty is the mark of the common sense life. Gracious, this is where I love it, gracious uncertainty is the mark of the spiritual life. Gracious uncertainty is the mark of the spiritual life. All this time the Lord says, I'm trying to teach you how to be spiritual. I'm trying to teach you how to live the spiritual life. I'm trying to teach you how to access the kingdom. And you're going to have to live with a certain amount of gracious uncertainty to do that. You get that? Isn't this great? To be certain of God, this is powerful, means that we are uncertain in all our ways, not knowing what tomorrow may bring. To be certain of God then we will might be uncertain in all this other stuff. That's a beautiful life. This is generally expressed with a sigh of sadness. <laughs> that would generally express how I was about my life. I'm so uncertain and I'm so sad about it that I'm going to quit being a pastor over it. I have misled everybody. I have failed my children. I have failed my wife. I'm just a failure. I'm really sad, Lord, because I'm so uncertain. Gracious uncertainty. Well, wait a minute. But it should be an expression of breath, breathless expectation. Breathless expectation. Oh, meaning that God might be up to stuff. God might be doing stuff. Oh, wait a minute now, Lord. We are uncertain of the next step, but we are certain of God. Yeah. Now, you see the shift there. Do you see the shift? We can live a life of uncertainty on this earth about what's happening around us, what we're going to do, what tomorrow, our ministry, our callings, our business. Our but we can be certain of one thing. We can be certain of the Lord Himself. That's what He's trying to do. That's, what, that's the journey. Listen, I want to be the center of this deal. I don't want you to be certain in what you do, how you do it, or any of that stuff. I don't want you to be certain in it. I don't want you to be certain in your callings and all that stuff. I want you to be certain in me. Now, this is a higher calling. This is a higher calling God's calling people into. We might not know, but we know that He's certain. Our lives may be uncertain. Oh, there's going to be a move of God, disciples. Just wait. What is it going to look like? It's uncertain, but we can be certain of one thing. If Jesus said it, it's going to happen. That's all we need to be certain of. We need to rely on Him. 
as soon as we abandon ourselves to God and do the task He has placed closest to us, the thing right there in front of you that's obvious, okay, He begins to fill our lives with surprises. And remember that word that man brought to our church a few weeks ago? God wants to surprise you. God wants to surprise you. He wants to do above and beyond what you could ask or think. I sent that to him like, hey, this went right along with your message. Let me just finish one little paragraph here. Are y'all good? When we become simply a promoter or a defender of a particular belief, belief or a particular way or particular method, something within us dies. Something dies. That is not believing God. It is only believing our belief about Him. When we're hung up on something, this is the way church is done. This is the way leadership is done. This is the way my business is run. We, something's dying in us. Something's dying in us. That's what he's saying. You're, you're, you're entered into death. You're believing you're believing. You have faith in your faith. Where am I at in all that deal? Where me? Where am I? What's, that's Jesus talking. Where am I in your life? Jesus said, unless you become as little children, Matthew 18, 3, the spiritual life is the life of a child. We are not uncertain of God, just uncertain of what He's going to do next. i tell you one thing, you can be certain of what He's going to do next. However it is, whatever it is, is you can be certain that He loves you and that He has His best intention for you. And you may not know what the future is. You may not feel like you're doing good. You may be wondering, what am I supposed to do with my life, Lord? I don't know what to do. You know, or you may be feeling like a failure. You feel like you've let God down, let people down. You may feel all those things. None of it matters now if you can really embrace uncertainty of, 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 the, of everything on this plane and get certain in Him of who He is and what He says. And see, so when we begin to do that, then we can get free, really get free of ourselves and our own thoughts and having to have a demand from God that He do things a certain way and He act a certain way. Because the moment we do that, guess what He's going to do? I'm not the one to do it. That's right. I ain't doing that. I get it. Amen? Okay, Mother's Day, nine after. So let's stand up. Let me pray. You know, we got a great time coming up. Next week, Matthew Bullers is going to be preaching a, a tremendous message, I'm sure. All sincerity. Then the week after that, we're going to do, what did he call it, River Life Light or whatever. <laughs> you come here, we're going to worship for 40 minutes, have a couple announcements, maybe share a testimony, and then we're going to go have fun. Then the week after that, we have Bobby Connor yeah. coming. Whoa. So, you know, the Lord really wants to help us. And He wants to help us to become certain in Him. And I want to pray that for you today. In the areas of your life where you feel this thing, like, I don't know what my future is, and doggone it, I ain't happy, Lord. You know, I understand you well. I don't know what I'm supposed to do next. You feel uncertain. Lord, I just pray, could I? Yeah, sure. I had the stream. Um... It wasn't. A, I didn't like the dream. Just like Byron didn't like the process. Um, Lord's asking me to do a lot of things, and nothing 
looks the way I want it. And um, I was driving down the road, and the road we live on is really curvy and hilly. And anyway, I went blind in the dream. Like, I was driving, and I was blind. And Angel was in the back seat. And I know, she, I really feel like she represented the Holy Spirit, but she wasn't concerned. <laughs> and I was like, you should be concerned. I cannot see it. I'm driving this car. And uh, <laughs> and why are you in the back seat anyway? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're not in the back seat. <laughs> and um, then I, I just, and then I could see again and it was okay. And I was safe. You know, and we really are safe when when we're do when we're on the road he wants us on, you know, and he never leaves us. So all right, all for all you blind drivers out there. <laughs> that's a way that's a good way of thank you for that. All you blind drivers. I have no clue where I'm at, Lord. Why are you back there too anyway? You should be scared, Lord. I'm driving and I'm blind as a bat. Lord, today we are not blind in Christ. Help us to see you, Lord. If we see you, we're going to be all right. And Lord, thank you you're in the car with us. That's a lot of comfort. Lord. It doesn't matter if you're in the back seat. As long as you're in there with us, that's all we care about, Lord. In fact, Lord, unless you tell us to stay in the driver's seat, we're going to crawl back there with you. Because <laughs> we'd rather be right next to you, Lord. So I just pray for everybody today, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, just just download, download certainty in you, Lord. Certainty in you. Every place where they feel uncertain, let them be certain in you. Every place where they feel like a failure, let them be certain in you. Lord, we just want to give away today our methods and procedures and formulas and just become more certain of Christ, the man Christ Jesus. Lord, thank you for that. You know, we have a ministry team. If they want to come up and right now, and if anybody would like to receive prayer for healing, for healing your heart about uncertainty or anything, and you could come up now and just receive prayer, and somebody will pray with you and bless you and... And I just pray all mothers in this room would really be blessed today in Jesus' name. And we love you and thank you for being moms. And and Lord, bless every person in this room in Jesus' name. Amen.